Hey friend, welcome to the Get Rooted in Health podcast. I'm Gabby Flater, a faith-led wife, mom of three, certified nutrition consultant, personal trainer, and passionate about changing lives. I know how frustrating it can be to navigate the health and wellness world. You want to be motivated to prioritize your well-being and wish you were more educated when it comes to cultivating a healthy home. Maybe you're a mom who's completely burnt out and needs a fresh perspective on life, or you're searching for a place to feel seen, heard, and encouraged in a godly manner. No matter if you're doing the dishes, getting your sweat on, or drinking reheated coffee while watching the kids play, there is always an opportunity for growth. If you are ready to finally take action about these desires and are ready to learn, grow, and transform your mind, then you are in the right place. It's time to establish deeper roots so you can enjoy a more fruitful and fulfilling harvest. Let's dig in. Hello and welcome back to the Get Rooted in Health podcast. My name is Gabby. Thanks for tuning in this week. Thanks for tuning in today, whenever you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this. I am grateful for you and hope that uh, this podcast today just lifts you up, encourages you, educates you, and uh, informs you, opens your eyes uh, just to something maybe you didn't uh, already know and uh, that you can use uh, as knowledge and as a resource going forward um, into your weeks and uh, into your lifestyle. Because as you know here uh, at the Get Rooted in Health community, in the Get Rooted in Health community, we are all about the long run. We are all about health in the long run. We are not here for short fixes. Um, We're not here for anything glitzy and glammy. We keep the whole picture in mind because this is life and it's not a sprint. (laughs) It's a marathon. Um, And, you know, I have marathon brain because I uh, just came off of um, running my second marathon last weekend on October 2nd. And yeah, that is a long haul. We'll just say that. But I appreciate you guys uh, being patient with me as I just needed uh, that week. I just, I needed to um, really let go of a couple things and just allow myself to enter into the things that were going to bring me peace, bring me calm, bring me focus, bring me energy, um, and everything that I needed for race day. So now that I am into, um, or after that, and into, um, you know, the next phase of life and um, entering into the fall and cooler months, um, yeah, we can just, I can just start kind of shifting and focusing um, on some new things. So I did get a slight um, cold post-marathon it literally came the day after which is pretty common so I will do my best um to not sniffle here on the podcast it has been here all week long so that's been lovely but if I sound a little nasally and at myself that would be why um but yes thank you to everybody who has supported me encouraged me um messaged me personally or just has followed my journey online uh, with this marathon training and finding out that I was pregnant in the middle of it and um, yeah just the journey throughout I had uh, completed my marathon at 16 weeks pregnant and honestly 
still at this point, I don't feel pregnant while running. And so I was very grateful for that. I still wore maternity shorts um, just because I didn't really have a very comfortable pair um, that I could rely on in terms of shorts um, that I knew I would be able to breathe in for over three hours. Um, yeah, while, you know, drinking water and as you get warm, you get more inflamed. Um, so I just needed some extra space. So, um, those were, those came in handy, but me and the little babe crossed that finish line and I was like, wow, it's over (laughs) just like that. So, um, yeah, it just was a wonderful experience, um, you know, few hurdles along the way, um, but honestly, just super grateful that I could continue pursuing that amidst finding out I was pregnant, that my body tends to handle pregnancy very well, so I was not sick. I don't get sick with my pregnancies, never have, um, don't really have much nausea, I just get kind of like, I don't even know what I want to eat. (laughs) I don't know what I'm in the mood for. Sometimes I'm like, I need something really salty or I just need something really sweet. So it just kind of comes and goes. But it's nothing that is debilitating or keeping me on the couch or just um, any of that. So I get low energy usually within the first six, let's see, six weeks, six or seven to about week 13. Um... I had some low energy points, but honestly, I think because I had marathon on my brain and I knew the training I was committing to and what I had lined up that it just kind of kept my focus on that and I didn't have time to be tired. (laughs) Um, But of course, I took naps um, at nap time with Titus for like 20, 30 minutes when I could. Um, Yeah. So I I really tried to find and squeeze in those rest times. Um, So just took this last week to kind of recover, um, do some extra mobility and stretching. I've done some light strength and um, walking and hiking with the kids uh, and then just kind of easing my way back into some running. And I'm just looking forward to being able to run, not for fun, but like just because that's what I, I try to always aim for. Um, but the competitive side of me always comes out. Um, but just running how I, um, how I can and uh, as I get more pregnant and um, just however, you know, fitness fits into this and just ready to kind of hunker down for the winter and get more pregnant. <laughs> and yeah, I've been active throughout all of my pregnancies. This is my fourth basically leading up to, you know, the final weeks of of having babies. So, um, yeah, it's just been a part of my life, my lifestyle, every pregnancy, and I think it has really um, played a huge role and impact in that. So, but that we could save for um, another episode, which would be an awesome topic. So, I just kind of wanted to update you and thank you and uh, just let you know I'm still here and we are moving forward with the podcast. So we are moving into our topic for today, which is going to be all about organic versus non-organic coffee. So I'm a coffee drinker. 
love coffee, love the smell of coffee. And I never really paid much attention to like, I guess, the difference between either of those like years ago. And I don't really remember when I made the switch to drinking and or only buying um, organic brands. But I think just as I had evolved and learned over time um, the value of nutrition and health and where we're getting our food from and where it's being sourced and uh, all, all of those things, I, I'm guessing coffee just kind of got thrown in there somewhere at some point. Um, but coffee is the second most popular beverage after water. That doesn't surprise me, and I'm sure that doesn't really surprise you. Um, but it is also the second top seller in the world after oil. So there's a little trivia fact for, for your day. Uh, coffee is one of the most chemically treated plants produced. So that means non-organic coffees are drenched in chemicals. And that is why I'm bringing this topic to you today. Because I want you to be informed, if, especially if you are a major coffee drinker. Because this is huge and you are maybe consuming all these chemicals that you had no idea so don't look at yourself as a failure or like, oh my gosh, I should have known better. Like, no, now you know. So let's move forward with the information that's being brought to you today so that you can make a more informed decision if you so choose. Um, not here to tell you that you have to buy it or you should, but just to give you information on how... Um, drastic the differences between organically grown and non-organically grown coffee so I have a lot of just like jotted down notes as I was um, researching and browsing uh, so we'll probably repeat a couple things but it'll really just nail it all down completely so that you um, you know just fully grasp the effects that non-organic coffee can have on your body. So the pesticides, the insecticides, herbicides, and fungicides have been found to cause cancer and damage the reproductive and nervous system. So they use all of those things just to keep bugs off. Now, of course, they're not only used on coffee. Like These are used on so many crops that we are buying. Your wheat crops, your fruits, your veggies. Like, I don't spray anything on in my garden to keep bugs away. Um, so I understand the reason why, like, mass producing and you don't want any of that junk, but trying to figure out a different way um, that isn't going to cause harm to people's bodies just so you can make some bucks, you know, like to sell all of this so it just it's it's so sad because these things are wreaking havoc in people's bodies and people grab coffee and drink it like it's nobody's business so they don't even think twice um, so that is the whole goal here with this podcast is to be able to educate you open your eyes so that you can make a better informed choice <clears throat> better informed decision and ultimately when there's a demand then 
the growers see that and will start to make a shift. So when people start to buy more organic and less non-organic, there's going to be a shift and we want we want more of that to happen. So organic means grown without the use of chemically formulated pesticides, fertilizers, and insecticides. And organically grown coffees are grown um, in a way that help promote, like in a more natural way, um, rapid development and, a gr- and that in result um, produces a greater yield of beans. Now the conventional way, so conventional is the opposite of organic. Conventional are produced with the aid of synthetic fertilizers and pesticides. So, um, you know, that's just, that's the main, the biggest difference is what they're using on, what they're spraying on these coffee trees, coffee beans, um, in order to keep bugs and things, like, yeah, things away from it, we'll just say. Uh, And so, in terms of the organic, because it is, chemically free chemical free um, when it is as it's being cultivated organic beans and trees have a lower chance of developing a disease unlike conventional so maybe they're just like i don't know causing their own problems when using all that stuff and then they need something else in order to because maybe they're spraying something for the bugs but then that starts to break down the plants so then their plants are at risk for like disease so they need something else like that just sounds awful when you're like thinking about how much coffee you've drank before um so coffee so it's not like you know this big health food it's not full of tons of vitamins and all these things but there are you know a few small health benefits to it and actually when you buy organic coffee though that contains more antioxidants in it than non-organic Organic coffee has all its natural vitamins, nutrients, and minerals, whereas those get lost in the cultivation of non-organic grown coffee. So to be certified as an organic coffee grower, it must meet several stringent criteria. And this goes for anything, not just coffee. So being certified organic is is hard it's you have to meet a lot of regulations and it's a lot of money to get that stamp of approval on your product so this they have to meet several stringent criteria ranging from soil quality to pest and weed control and additives so they're looking for all the things um so the labels with the usda organic seal on them has followed rigorous organic supply chain management practices Uh, They look at the health of the soil, the absence of GMO in the crops and production, pest, weed control, and environmental impact, um, which just means like the pollution and how it's impacting the environment. And um, I actually um, learned a little bit about that along the way, and we'll touch on that. Um, Just the difference of what's used and not used um, in the different different kinds that are made. So USDA organic standards require strict supply chain and manufacturing controls for roasting. 
Um, so yeah, organic coffee really comes with a whole slew of benefits for the environment, for um, your health, and um, yeah, just just overall a better option because there is just so much on the other coffees, just like the mold and the chemicals and then um, just the disease that happens on those trees and then they have to spray something to keep them healthy well that's all getting into all of those beans and um yeah all for just trying to mass produce them rather than cultivate them in a more natural manner um so organic and regular coffee plants start out exactly the same so they start out the same however organic is not treated with any pesticides, additives, or artificial substances, like we've said, and farmers use natural methods. Regular coffee is toxic to your health. They have pesticide treatments and other harmful chemicals. The farmer will start off with coffee plant seeds soaked in fungicide. (laughs) That sounds lovely. Which is a fertilizer loaded with petroleum and chemicals and irrigation water treated with pesticides to keep bugs away. Hmm. that does not sound lovely that does not sound like something I want to have in my coffee mug in the morning a cup of fungicide and petroleum please no thanks <laughs> I mean that's basically what you could ask to order if if that's the kind of coffee that you um, are are getting you know why don't they just be upfront and real and honest and just tell people um I just, I don't know. I don't know how in I could ever physically do that and be like, yeah, here, humans, drink this. I would be like, why? The, I can't use that. People are going to put this in their body. Like, it doesn't matter how much might get roasted out, I guess, per se, but like, that is, it's still in there. Like, I don't even know. It's bonkers. Um, so when comparing regular coffee I'm sorry, yeah, regular to organic. Keep in mind that regular is one of the most chemically chemically treated crops globally. So that is hands down the biggest thing, really all you need to know. There's not a lot of, um, you know, it's all kind of repetitive information here. Um, as I kept researching and writing things down, um, when someone is growing, you know, regular coffee, it's harmful to the farmers. They're around all of that all those pesticides, fungicides, petroleum, chemical junk. And it's toxic to the environment and toxic to the consumer. So where's the winning? Like what, if it's harmful to the farmer, to the environment, and to the consumer, why is it being made that way? Like why? (laughs) Organic farming is so much more environmentally friendly. And, you know, I never really thought of it that way. And it makes a lot of sense. It produces less gases, water conservation. They use mulch to conserve their water because mulch will hang on to moisture. The soil quality is improved and erosion is reduced. And it actually results in higher income for farmers. So let's see how many farmers get on board with more um, sustainable environmentally raised coffee they can make because I don't know why they're thinking using and soaking 
all the seeds and such in a fungicide or and a fertilizer is helpful to anyone. Um, they're they're ruining soil. They're ruining the air. They're ye- they're needing more water. They're needing and then where is that water going? Like it, I don't even I don't even know. How do you dispose of that without letting that filter into so many other areas? Um. So some people even claim that organic coffee tastes richer in flavor than regular. Um, so I couldn't tell you. I, I don't really know personally. I mean, it's not that I'll never have a cup of non-organic. Like if I go to the coffee shop, I'm just going to order what they have. Like if I were to meet someone and, you know, so I will do my best to um, source, um, you know, or pick the best option. But again, majority of the time, like the 97% of time you make coffee and have coffee, you should highly consider making it an organic option. Um, because the other times, the other 2-3% that you have a non-organic coffee, it's not going to kill you. It's, it's just what are you consuming on a regular basis, right? Um, and then in terms of decaf, if you are a decaf drinker, the thing that you want to look for is organic Swiss water processed. So that's just a better process that they use to strip the caffeine than regular decaf, which uses chemical solvents to strip the caffeine. So Swiss water processed for your organic decaf coffee. Um, is what you would want to find. So there are tons of, um, there's brands out there that you can, you know, check out sustainable coffee brands. I'm going to be sure to link, I found something that was cool. Um, so I'll link that in the show notes, but I just found it super um, neat. Just like you, you know, buying sustainably raised, environmentally friendly um, you know, supporting these farmers, these coffee brands, um, you know, anytime that you can. I also buy coffee from, some of my coffee from Melaleuca um, online. They own their farm fields. They are small batch made. They are fresh and uh, organically grown. And because they own the farm fields, they have total control and uh, what's the word I'm looking for um yeah they uh yeah quality control basically they can manage everything and they have high standards everything's tested for mold and all the things so definitely love being able to get things from our wellness store um I also have gotten big bulk bags from Costco online from their website I tend to like um, sometimes I like a light roast, and so I get the organic, I think it's per, Peru, I can't remember, um, but yeah, like I order it on the app, they don't have it in the store, so you have to be careful too though, um, I don't know, I'm not a big Starbucks fan, that's just a big giant balloon chain brand, and I question their organic growing but Kirkland, so like Costco, if you shop there, they can slap their label on a Starbucks brand um, or any brand of any item in the store 
um, and sell it for cheaper. Um, somehow they work that deal out. I don't know how that works. But um, just be careful. Do your research. Maybe you're more passionate about who you're supporting, um, the environmental aspect of it, or maybe you just want to buy a bag of organic coffee and you really don't care. That's fine too. Um, so, you know, as I kind of learned more along the way, I, um, I'm definitely grateful for Melucas um, and will always, you know, kind of keep in mind now the whole just who am I who am I supporting where is it really coming from and yeah so just uh just a lot of things to process and look at uh as you maybe try and find a new brand um I mean there's there's I can't really give you there's a lot out there I mean you can find a lot you can go to local coffee shops and ask them um sometimes they won't have it necessarily on the bag that it's organic but you can talk to them and say, hey, you know, I, I would love to um, really start drinking more cleaner coffee, organic, and didn't know how you guys, um, where you where um, source your beans from, how they're made, um, do you have any organic options? Like just have conversations with the baristas there or, or the manager and, and, and really look um, for that. So um, yeah, not a, there's not like a whole lot more to go in depth with. Again, I'm sorry that a lot of it was repetitive, but I hope that it really just ingrained it into your head. Like literally everything I was writing down was like chemicals, pesticides, fertilizers, chemicals. Like I just kept writing. I'm like, oh my goodness, like everything that I'm reading is just, it's all the same everywhere I'm going. Um, and it just really uh, was something that I know that you, I needed to bring to you guys because I'm sure many of you listening are coffee drinkers, but the same goes for any tea drinkers. Okay, um, I've I've noticed some place some people that I follow talking about. Do you know what's in the tea bags? Like how they actually make the bags? Are they bleached? Do they have chemicals in them? And then you're putting them in a steaping hot cup of water, which leaches out chemicals into your tea. Like, oh my gosh, why have we not thought about this? So, you know, just all these things. And these are the little things that add up over time, you know, and just thinking of where your tea is sourced. So maybe that's something I can look into. But if there's something specific that you guys want me to do specifically on a like food or drink, um, like please message me, email me, um, whatever. Uh, I, I would, I'm happy to do deep dives onto a specific um, food or drink. Uh, and, and really bring and shed light to how it, how it's processed, um, you know, where the best options are, um, what to look for, what to avoid, what you should look for, um, all those things. But I hope that this was informative and just encourages you to really um, just consider the coffee that you're drinking. And if you need any recommendations or any help, um, happy to be here as a resource. Um, again, I'll try and click, or I'm sorry, I'll try and um, link a few um, sites for you on the show notes. So be sure to check those out. And as always, if you haven't left a review for the show, um, if this was a topic that really stuck out to you, it would mean so much if you just took two seconds, left whatever rating you felt was um, this show, you know, um, just an honest rating for the show and a review. It would mean so much to me. I need some more of those flooding in. Um, we're getting a little scarce here, but that's okay. Like I, I see the numbers. I see that you're listening. 
Um, but that is a free way that you can support this show and it means a lot. It brings this show to the top so that people can start getting this information in front of them. And it really helps me know exactly what you're loving, what you're needing. Um, and yeah, share this episode with some, one of your other coffee lover drinkers um, and get them informed because this is important. Oh, the other thing, <laughs> I totally forgot to talk about it as I was about to end this podcast, don't go anywhere, um, is the flavored coffees. And I'm not talking like your mocha frappuccino thing. Like I'm talking about um, like your Highlander Grog. I'm talking about your hazelnut, your vanilla, your um, caramel, your whatever flavor enhanced coffee that you're buying. Just know that that is a natural flavor that is not of anything natural. It is a chemically made, I just, again, think of little, little tincture bottles, little test tube things, and they drip drop that in there, and you don't even know how they're making it, but the, it's made somehow and enhances the coffee. So if you are buying those on a regular basis, it does not matter if it's an organic coffee. It, there's nothing natural organic about the flavoring in there. Unless they're like cinnamon coffee and the ingredient is cinnamon in there. Like that's great. Um, But like any of those other things, you need to be careful on how much of that you're consuming. It's totally fine to have them every now and again. So, you know, to be honest, I just recently bought one because I really wanted one for fall time. Like I had, there was like a maple pecan and a caramel toasted caramel vanilla or something um, on Thrive Market and they were organic and sustainably grown and I was like I'm just gonna do it I don't drink these all year long like ever like like I never do Um, but I would like the option so I did so I'm being real and honest with you Um, I made sure to still buy a better quality but I still know that these that these flavoring enhancing things that make it smell good and all the things (laughs) um it's it's not the best for me and so am I going to be consuming this every day of the year no um but just because you only live once and you want to have a little bit more of that fall cozy feel absolutely I'm I'm all here for that so that was the other thing is it's it's constantly putting the natural flavor the party in your mouth in your body you're putting those chemicals that are used to enhance that coffee in a way that isn't natural at all. So if you really want that hazelnutty, um, caramely, vanilla-y, then like use things to add to your coffee. And I know that sounds more complicated, but maybe you need to add a splash of vanilla. Or um, some people like to sprinkle coffee over their beans as they're um, being brewed. Um, I, I know someone who does that. You can, um, you know, buy, I don't know, I'm, I'm not really sure how you would do it hazelnut, like I don't buy hazelnuts, but I'm sure you could find something maybe a little bit more natural <laughs> to blend in, to soak, to crush up and like, I don't know, um, make your own syrup. Maybe you could make your own hazelnut like syrup and heat it up with some water and sugar and hate nuts. I have no idea maybe I just came up with an idea. Um, but again, 
just be mindful of how much you're consuming that because that would just be like when you're buying, um, you know, LaCroix, when you're buying Zevia, when you're buying coffee creamers. How do they make it vanilla flavored? How do they make it hazelnut flavored? It says natural flavors on it. Flavor enhanced, whatever. They'll get, they'll try to get away with any kind of wording they can to be sneaky. But it's not of anything of real substance. So I hope that that makes sense. Um, But again, here to encourage you, like definitely have a little bit every now and again if you want it. But if it's an everyday consumption or multiple time a day consumption, let's maybe think about switching what we're consuming, what we're buying and making for ourselves. Because we don't want to continue to put things in our body that are just going to wreak havoc over time. You might be feeling fine right now. That's totally cool. Um, But actually, if you do struggle with any sort of like, um, I don't know, nasal congestion or like um, mucus or I don't know, brain fog or any of that, it really, if you've been consuming non-organic coffee for a long time, it could be a buildup of all of that mold and toxins and I wouldn't be surprised if you would start to feel better after a few months of being on a different coffee, on a better quality, on a better sourced kind. So let's put the Folgers away and the Starbucks away and let's find some better options. And what else is there? Bears Brothers? Like all of those are flavor enhanced. Like, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I don't even know what else is out there. But all of those things. So just... Think twice, check twice, and make your own decision for you, whatever is best for you. So with that being said, again, share this with anyone who you know is a coffee drinker, coffee lover, um, so that they can get this information uh, themselves. And I just really appreciate you guys being here, listening to this episode, and I look forward to chatting with you guys again soon. All right, bye-bye.